start with your health. And that's what we have today. Is start with your health because if you actually get healthier, you're going to have find you have more time because you're able to do more stuff in less time. And that's what I found is I could do more in less time. And um, when you can do more in less time, then you can earn more money. And what are the three things we all complain we don't have enough of? Not enough? Money, time, and? Energy. My husband, look how well trained he is. On the floor, on his hands and knees. How wonderful. That's why we've been so happily married for 40 years, besides shouting at each other on the way to church. <laughs> and a couple of other times. All right. Then we just stop going to church. We stop fighting. <laughs> All right. So, oh my word, he just doesn't want me to kill myself, so he's taping the my things down. So, thank you very much for that. Um, what I wanted to do today was, people think that when you're starting to get healthy, you've got to go and invest in a whole lot of equipment. And it looks like I'm doing a whole lot of equipment here. I want to show you the basics of what you need in a healthy kitchen. It's very, very little. It's in your notes. I may add a couple of things as I go because when I'm doing it, I'm thinking that's enough. But then when I'm here, I'm thinking, but what about that? Or what about that? The basics of any healthy kitchen, okay, is you need a chopping board. Right here, chopping board. And you may say, why doesn't she have a plastic one? This is the most sterile thing you can work on. And I know you may think I'm crazy, but the plastic board manufacturers would like you to think that it's the plastic. But in fact, research was done some years back, and I've actually got it on file, which shows that there's a natural resin in wood that kills bacteria within like five minutes. So if you take something like, let's say a sterilizing agent, like a, like a bleach, like chick or something, and you, you bleach your chopping board, your white one and your wooden one, five minutes later, there's no bacteria, basically. And 10 minutes later, not yeah, there's like no bacteria, but about 20 minutes later, you're probably going to find quite a lot of bacteria on the plastic boards. And I'm sure you've all seen the plastic boards if they're not properly dried and they're stacked underneath something on top, they get moldy. Whereas with the wood having this natural resin on it, what happens is you chop on it, it's got this natural resin that is released and it just kills any bad bacteria. The interesting thing is that the friendly bacteria that keep bad bacteria in control stay alive. You check things, you kill the friendly bacteria as well. You throw out the whole balance. So the other thing is that wood is very gentle and good for knives. Whereas glass boards are not, by the way. They blunt your knives. Plastic are not as good as wood. And um, if you're going to use a lot of strongly flavored foods like onion and garlic, then I suggest you just keep one for the onion and garlic board and the others for the pineapple because there's nothing worse than pineapple tasting like garlic, okay? <laughs> So you need that, and then you need a paring knife. A paring knife is a little handy knife. I actually ordered these knives from the knife um, importers in South Africa, and they, they promised they'd get the knives to me before today. Because I thought, oh, so often people say, where do you get those knives from? So we'll have them. If you want to buy them, you may buy them today, and we'll make sure they get delivered to you, okay? You need basically at, at least one paring knife. At least one. Now, if you can only manage one, they don't cost that much, and it sounds not. This is a Victorinox knife, so is this one. Okay. Why I use these knives? Once you've used them, you'll never go back to this kind of knife. Oopsie. Oh, where are these rubbishy knives? 
These kinds of knives look pretty and they might cost you 30 bucks, but you're going to be so frustrated and you're actually going to likely to cut your fingers more than you would if you were using a knife like this. These are going to last you maybe a year and then the blade will come out of this plastic um, and then these little screws or rivets here will just fall off the knife. You all have knives like that and they get muck and dirt down there. These Victrinux knives I've had for over 10 years. And the only reason I don't manage to keep them usually longer than 10 years is somebody pinches them and usually it's my kids. They are the most amazing knives. Once you've had one, you can never work without it. And my daughters, I gave them each one, and then I don't know whether their children buried them or what happened. Maybe that's why they pinched mine. They, um, you just, you, you'd rather not use a knife than not use these. Okay, and you can come up later on and, and have a look. They sell for about 90, about 100 rand, 99, 95 rand, 105 rand. We're selling it for just under 100 rand. Okay, they come in different colours. You can have one. If you're going to have just one, go with a serrated knife because the other knife you have to have is a chef's knife. Two knives, serrated small knife and this one. You shouldn't cut tomatoes without serrated edges, okay? Because tomatoes actually blunt a knife that's smooth like this. And then you find that it's very difficult to cut a tomato that's slightly soft with a knife like this. It pushes in. Serrated knife just slices, okay? So this is your tomato knife. You can use it for everything. Um, but you definitely need a serrated knife and a chef's knife. And you need, if you want another one, you get a smooth, a smooth, uh, straight blade. Serrations are the ones with a little. The difference between these knives and these knives is that these can be sharpened. Although I've never had to sharpen my Victrinox little pairing knives ever. They just never have to be sharpened. They, they Swiss made. They last forever, they work fantastically, and you never feel frustrated. I think most people feel frustrated in the kitchens because they simply got bad knives. And I can speak from experience because I've done so many demonstrations in people's houses around the world. Even when we were living in Southern California, I would go into a house, and in one of those houses I went into was the, the, the house of the drummer for the Red Hot Chili Peppers. You know the Red Hot Chili Peppers are a band? His wife, Nancy, invited me to come and do... I was, she was at a talk, she invited me to do it there, which was a beautiful big mansion perched on the edge of the cliff overlooking Malibu Ocean in front. And honestly, I can tell you, I don't think I found a house anywhere. And I spoke in a house in Dana Point, also on the edge of the cliff, and one in Laguna Beach. Beautiful kitchens. And the one kitchen, I mean, they had a Rolls Royce. They, we walked into the house through the garage to get the products in my, the fresh produce that I was bringing for the demonstration and there I do a demonstration for the rich lady of the house and her 20 or 30 friends and make supper for them and then talk to them about their health so it was a kind of a different approach a lot of fun she had a beautiful house walked into the kitchen beautiful kitchen I opened the drawers there was nothing in the drawers except 5 kilograms of goji berries you know these deep drawers opened the fridge just champagne so they had goji berries and champagne in this house another house overlooking this beautiful in um, Laguna Beach beautiful beautiful home just sea views from the kitchen just incredible patios off the kitchen I mean you just think oh, oh dream kitchen I, I came in and opened the one drawer just because I go into the kitchen and I check what equipment they've got so what happened is I ended up just going to demos with the basics my three knives it's not easy to travel with knives you need to tell people they're in your luggage. Don't take them on the plane with you. Otherwise, they'll be gone forever. Then a good, good quality um, chef's knife. 
I also ordered the Victorinox chef knives. This is not one. Their chef knives are nicer than this one. And I'm just not going to throw my knife away just to have another knife because I've also got that whole set over there which is a salad master set we can't get in South Africa anymore and those are nice I always wanted a, block, a, block, a knife block with all the knives in it but the reality of it is you hardly you use two knives all the time I use the smallest one and I use the biggest one usually I use the chef's knife and the little one Okay, a good quality knife can balance on its back like this balances like that it means it's properly weighted it's not going to hurt your wrist uh, the, uh, the Victorinox knife is as I said, a better quality knife, but basically we're looking at uh, 19 centimeter and 22 centimeters what I ordered. And it's, this is about a 20 centimeter, somewhere in between. But you need this for doing chopping and slicing of bigger things. Cutting a pineapple is not that easy with a smaller knife. You can do it. This knife can do everything in your kitchen. But when you want to chop something like parsley, you can't chop with this. You can't, you can't have this sort of action of chopping. This you're going to have to slice. This is, you can't chop with a little knife like this. So you need two good quality knives and add a push three. Two and add a push three. If you buy any more, you're not going to use them. I can tell you that now. Unless you're in a big fancy kitchen and preparing people, food for people in the restaurant. Alright, so that's basically what you need there. And you need a high powered, fast food processor. I've got a couple of things in the way here. And the food processor, either I say a high power food processor, a food blender, which means it does everything in one. Okay. Now you get a food processor where there's a separate thing. Food processor usually blends slower and is easier to work with very different things. If you want to do something slowly, you want to pulse something slowly, this machine will pulse. But it won't it's it doesn't pulse slow enough. So if you want to chop something, say for example you're taking carrots and you want to chop them into pieces that are almost looking like a grated carrot, this thing just goes too fast, okay? But this is going to make your smoothies, it can make soups and everything else. To me a high-speed blender is fantastic. Now you get, you need to get, I want you to ask Grandpa what the price of this is, so I can tell everybody. Oh, here, Faith, he's outside here. This machine here, sorry the kids were cleaning the board, the, the JTC OmniBlend is a copy of what's called a Vitamix. A Vitamix is a fantastic machine from America and we have a Vitamix. But a Vitamix is so expensive. They're selling for about 20,000 Rand Vitamixes. And I was like, I resisted. When I first looked at a Vitamix, they were 3,000 Rand. We're talking like 1994 or somewhere. They were 3,000. I'm not spending 3,000 Rand on a piece of equipment in my kitchen. They're mad. And I went out and bought a Braun blender, which lasted one year. I took it back to get fixed. They said, you can't fix this. The Braun blender blended the smoothest out of the locally stuff. stuff. So I bought another Braun blender. It lasted a year and two months to throw it away again. We weren't using it in a restaurant, we were using it in our home. And I'd say to them, but we're just having a smoothie once a day and I may be making some hummus twice or three times a week and some cashew mayonnaise once a week. Okay, so, and then there was a Chinese model that came out. I'm not buying anything Chinese. I'm not buying anything Chinese, nothing and the people that imported the Vitamix were importing the Chinese one at the same time. And then I used one in somebody's home. And I just assumed it was a Vitamix because it looks like the same machine. And in fact, the jugs 
can alternate. Do you know where that other jug is, Bethy? I think it went to get washed that way. Do you want to grab, grab for me? So I can take the jug from here and put it on. It's just like interchangeable, completely interchangeable. So I'm not buying Chinese. And then I got to a point where something happened to our Vitamix and I had to buy some spares or buy a new machine and like 20,000 rand. I'm like, I'm not doing this. I can't justify spending that kind of money. It doesn't make any sense. So then I asked them about the Chinese one. They said, no, the Vitamix Corporation in America told them they can't sell a competing product, so they're not allowed to sell it anymore. And I hunted high and low, found the importer of it, and now we actually keep them in the shop. Got this. It's been on trial for about a year. And we have pushed this thing and pulled it. And, and what happened on Monday, I was making the smoothie, but I had a big lump of mango still from summer that I'd let half thaw and broken up into pieces and stuck in a big Tupperware container. And we, over the weekend, had made some fruit salad with it. And somebody left the spoon in there, but underneath the mango. So I had picked up some of the mango and put it in. And the one piece looked like it was long. And I thought, oh, it was strange, all stuck together in a long shape. But I was distracted. I was talking to somebody. Usually one of the kids come in in the mornings. And I put it in, put all the smoothie in, all the things that we make smoothies with. By the way, this is one of the basic recipes. And we'll do that now quick. Faithy, do you want to get me some, instead of fresh pineapple there, you want to peel that one for me, please? Or we can use frozen. I don't know whether any of you have had breakfast, but you're going to get some more. This is a basic thing. Everybody should have the recipe for it's in your notes, okay? A really quick, easy smoothie. One that you know your family are going to get really healthy with. So, threw the mango in, switched the button on, and I heard this metal sound. I'm like, what? Like, what the hell? Like, sounds like there's a spoon in here. I didn't put a spoon in here. I felt around with it. Here comes a spoon with its neck all nicely bent. So I thought, oh my word. I took the spoon out, put it on. And the blades weren't moving. I thought, oh my word, I've messed up the jug. I took another jug on and put it on. It wouldn't work. I thought, oh my word, I've messed up the machine. I took this thing off here, which comes off. And this whole thing was wobbling. Oh my word, I've messed up the machine. My Mark hates it when somebody does something to the machine. So I took it through, put it on his desk. When he came back, he said, what's going on here? <laughs> I said, there was a spoon in the <laughs> smoothie. <laughs> I didn't put it in, but I think it was in the mango. <laughs> anyway, I said, I thought we could fix it quickly. I've got to use it at the dem on Wednesday. <laughs> He's like, what? He phones up. He says, okay, we can take, drop it off today and pick it up tomorrow. I said, I don't think they're going to let you into Cape Town because of the voting that was going on. So he phoned them back and he said, okay, can we just get the part? And they said, yeah, sure, we'll courier it through to you. You'll get it yesterday. They couriered to us on Monday, on Tuesday. We got the part. 240 rand. 240 rand. And we were able to unscrew the... Oh, my word. Here. Won't you tell Grandpa that I think the... ...something... But that's the difference with something like this. I know with the Vitamix you'd be probably looking at 2,400 rand when you had something to be done with it. And then you've got 
posted to them because my way. Very irritating. Okay, so um, seems to be working again. This is a great machine. We've had it for about a year now. It works a workhorse. We've worked it into a coma. We retired the Vitamix at the back. It's intermittently doing something weird, like the batteries in something is going. But now it's come back. It made a noise, like there was an interference. Yeah, you just stand there. <coughs> anyway, so there's this machine, high-powered blender, okay? You don't have to get this one. You can look around at yourself. This is sells for 3,500 Rand, which is a huge difference. I mean, here I was wanting to repair the Vitamix and my repairs were going to cost about the same as this machine. I'm like, this is ridiculous. We ended up repairing it because we needed another machine, but now I'm ready to go with an, I'd rather just go another one of these. Um, in the meantime, what we found is, was the Ninja, see there, there we go. In the meantime, what we found was the Ninja Blender, which is of this. Yeah, interference. No. no. What's going on? Okay, I feel like I'm being pulled and pushed and plucked. This machine comes with all these extra things. You've got all these extra jugs, and you've got this, like a that you get with this and you can do your smoothies in this very very nice works fantastically it comes with these various jugs so that you're getting this is the high speed jug this is more like a food processor like a, a, a magimix so you're wanting to pulse something or you're wanting to knead something and make a dough you'll make it in here what is amazing about this machine is if you have any small children in your house this is the machine to use because the danger of this is I can switch this on and it spins with a jug off you don't want this anywhere near a kid that's going to stick something in here and put the button on because it'll strip their finger off, okay? So if you don't have any small children in your house and you know you're going to keep this in a safe place, this is fantastic, it's very efficient, and I love this machine. But this machine will not work unless it's actually locked in place, okay? It won't go on at all. Let me just... Difficult to work with this back to front. Let me just turn it this way. Nothing. I can push any here. Oh, well, how plugging it in would help. <laughs> Thank you. What else is plugged in there? Oh, hello. All right. Now you got the. Okay. All right. So now I can push any one of these buttons. Nothing's going to happen. Okay. It just does this. If I'm doing this, it'll do the flashing red light over there. All right. I can push buttons over here. Nothing's going to happen. Now it's the wrong. There we go. Okay, so it's got to be locked in. Push buttons, nothing's going to happen because the lid's not on properly, okay? Oops. And then only puts in one no, it fits in forward, that way. Goes the point, the start goes that's here. right, that's right. Only fits in one way. 
Okay? So there's no way a kid is going to get this right, to get this all on, lock this thing on, put that thing down. Uh, no, no, the spout's supposed to be at the front. Like the front opposite to the handle. Go oh, the spout must go there. Yeah, but it's not closing here now. <laughs> uh -uh. Let's see. No. I would think it should be here. this. I've used this machine several times. It's back to front. Let me just do it like this. Hold on. That's it. No, this doesn't want to go down here. There we go. Okay, now if I use this machine, this machine will work with a lid off. Oh, it's disconnected. But I can make the spin because it does it without the jug. It can just You can stick a hand in there, a spoon, all kinds of things, okay? It does have a, a hole in here which you can't really stick your hand in. This has got a little spout that's impossible to stick a a your hand in or, or even a spoon. I mean, just anything. Did it close there now? Let me just put this other jug. Somebody may have damaged this thing. I don't know. Just take that. It's got a line up. Alright, so line up the arrow. There we go. Arrows lined up. Okay, we're being stupid. It's a slower machine. The minute I release this handle, the machine stops. I haven't switched the buttons off at the top, okay? So there's no way a kid fiddling with that can do anything. And then let's line up these arrows. Alright. Let's get the arrow lined up. There we go. <laughs> I feel like a stupid fool. Here we go. That's. You can have one that just spins. Test different buttons that go do different things. This machine, with all its attachments, sells for about 5,500, how is it? Mm. 5,500, okay. Here's your dough blade. So there's a lot of attachments and stuff. It's very safe. It works very well. you just got to follow instructions and not try and figure it out yourself. But honestly, by the time a child has tried to get this, they've given up. So see, this machine is fantastic. I love it. But it's like not with a little children that are climbing on counters and sticking things in and pulling. They can pull this jug off while it's going. And the Vitamix is the same. It's not this model. High-speed blenders are like this. They're designed to. This one is actually, they, they recommend that you can use it in an industrial environment. Vitamix, they don't even, they won't, they won't fix your machine if it's under guarantee if it's been used in an industrial environment, whereas this company will. And the great thing is the importers are here locally in Cape Town, so it's a great machine. So you've got to decide what you want. In an ideal world, it's nice to have both, but you don't need both. 
one high speed blender whether it's this one this is high speed and this is also high speed that one's your slower machine that you don't over process foods okay so what I'm going to do is make you a smoothie I'm going to do it the shortcut way which means I'm going to add liquid-free juice it's got no added sugar no preservatives normally I would do fresh juices but honestly sometimes you're just in a hurry really I mean if you stand up every morning and go and pick apples off your organic tree and you juice them and then you only add organic strawberries man you're the perfect woman in the world I'm in a hurry and people say to me are your strawberries organic it's hard enough finding fresh organic strawberries in this country never mind frozen ones and at this point in my life I've, we've been living like this for 30 years eating very little organic we grow now as much as we can we buy as much organic as we can but 30 years ago when I started you couldn't find an organic lettuce leaf there wasn't even organic carrots anywhere and then about 20 years ago they started like organic markets and stuff here and there and now it's got bigger you go and live in the States or the UK you can get organic everything but if I lived on organic produce in this country I'd starve to death there's not enough selection and then you suddenly there's organic carrots and then there's organic tomatoes, but they're never there together at the same time. Do you want to pop that down there, please? Slice those little things that pull out here because apparently they get into the water and then they get into the sea and they kill the baby turtles because they get on their necks and then it chokes them as they grow. So my daughter watched a movie, so now we s systematically slice those things so they can't get onto anybody. I'll add some more down. Fresh or frozen, the frozen fruit, whatever frozen fruit you add, makes it creamier and more like a milkshake. So I'm going to add a bit more juice. Grape juice, pineapple juice, you can put mango juice, whatever you want in it. I'm probably going to need all of that, we'll see now. You can add fresh pineapple or you can add frozen pineapple. It's entirely up to you. I'm adding some fresh pineapple. And to that, your basics in your kitchen is to have nuts and seeds. Do you need every nut and seed? No, just the ones you're going to use. And the ones you're most likely to use are these three. And some pumpkin seeds. Oh, won't you grab me a packet of pumpkin seeds? It's the one thing I did forget to get. So, you know, it's a handful, closed handful per person in the house. So if there are a jug like this, in the morning, because we live on the property, I said to my daughters, it's pointless, you all three, all three of us are making smoothies in the morning. We're running three machines, we're having to wash three things, let just one person make the smoothie and everybody go to that point. And this is the easiest place because it's you've got all the equipment and there's lots of space and you've always got everything. You can put some cashew nuts into that, two of those if you want to, some sunflower seeds and you might say almonds cashews are so expensive we'll leave them alone and use sunflower seeds they're locally grown sunflower seeds they're very cheap compared to other they contain as much protein as rump steak sunflower seeds 25 to 30 percent they're full of calcium they don't taste as nice for most people munching sunflower seeds and munch with some people love sunflower seeds I love almonds but they're expensive what are these? Pumpkin seeds? Okay. Most people throw pumpkin seeds away. Every time they throw the inside of the pumpkin away or butternut, you're throwing away 30% protein. There's more protein in pumpkin seeds than any animal product. It's amazing. So you're wanting extra protein. You don't have to be vegan. Although if we're going up trying to get a healthy hormonal system, the less animal products you eat, the better it is for your hormonal system. 
But in a family where you have boys and girls and grown men and teenagers and all grannies and grandpas, not everybody's going to be vegetarian but or vegan. So what you can do is you can make smoothies, put these things in. You know your family's had their protein for the day, so you're not panicking that they've got to eat at any other time. But if they go out and they have a, a chicken burger or they're having grilled fish, some something else, they have a little bit more. What's going to happen is if you give this to them in the morning, they're less likely to want... Um, they're less likely... Sorry, Faith, you want to just switch that off for me? Just switch the off button, thanks. That is a very clever pot. It tells you it's reached boiling point. It starts to rattle. It's got a brain. Anyway, so what happens, you give them this protein in the morning, they're not going to like be looking for cheese. If you're not getting enough essential fatty acids and not getting enough natural protein, you're going to be craving cheese, hamburgers, sausages, um, biltong, anything like salty, and that's got fat in it. So this will help you not, because if you satisfy your cell needs for nutrients in the morning, you're less likely to crave stuff later on in the day. So this is a great way to go about it. And in case you think you need a little bit of extra protein or you want the thing to taste more like a milkshake, I add a nice high heaped scoop of what I call pro, it's called pro-peas. It's the protein from peas that's been extracted from the peas. It doesn't taste like peas. It's actually pleasant. It's got a natural herbal sweetener called Lohan in it. And then it's got a bit of vanilla in it. So it gives it this lovely vanilla flavor to it. And that's basically what you do. And you can do any nuts or seeds, any fruit in here you like. You could put some mangoes. You've got some frozen mangoes. Shall we put some in? Would you like some frozen mangoes as well? Let's put those in. You want to grab me a packet of mangoes? Down the bottom there, I think it is. In the middle drawer? Or at the bottom? Yeah, there are some frozen mangoes. Let's get those in. Thanks. Thanks, sweetie. If you want to know why we pack our stuff in cellophane, it's because it's biodegradable. I can throw this in my compost heap, okay? I'm trying to make as little. And then what you do is, if you're struggling to open this, you either use a pair of scissors or turn it upside down and open from the bottom out, okay? I just don't want to make it too full because it's a little bit full now and then it just starts to mess down the sides. Oh, we're not out the side, underneath the lid. Alright, so we're just going to put that on and blend. This machine is pre programmed when it's on. It's on, okay. So it's got um, 30 minutes, 30 second, um, 60 second and 90 minute program. So you can put the button on and just walk away. And that's what I do love about this. This one's also got some pre-programming as well. So you can do the same thing. The Vitamix has no pre-programming. You've got to stand there. I don't want to stand by the machine. I want to clean up. I want to get glasses. I want to be able to walk away from the machine. Just don't walk away from this machine if the little people around that are going to pull jugs. It's very stable if you leave it alone, but don't take it off. Alright, so let's go. 90 seconds. Alright. Okay, baby, put that away. You want to get me some of those red cups over there? Oh, get enough for everybody. Get enough for everybody. And put these away. 
Will you pick this mangoes for me as well? Everybody, like that, so we've got enough, okay? So I overfilled it, it's my fault. It's way too full. It shouldn't it shouldn't spill out at all. I do it every now and again. In my enthusiasm. So Faith, if you can just pour everybody a little bit like that, there should be enough for everybody. Faith's going to pour that for you and hand it out. Thank you very much. So I'm going to go through some of the other essentials. I've got three bags of salt here. You must like very often you can look at salt and think, isn't salt just salt? Well, it is. It's fine salt, which is great for cooking and adding to things that you don't want coarse salt with. Coarse salt is great to put in a grinder. It's great to put in the bath. <laughs> great to put in the bath. And then there's flaked salt. Do you all know Malden salt or Malden salt? Very expensive, imported. We make our own Malden salt here in South Africa on the west coast. It's not flown over the sea. It's a fifth of the price. It tastes just, you sprinkle this onto a slice of, um, a plate of sliced tomatoes with drizzled olive oil. That's all you're going to need. But you're going to need salt of some kind. Sea salt's the best salt you can get. Get it from, there's a company here that actually the hand harvests the salt. In other words, they don't have trucks driving over the thing and diesel spilling on everything. We've gone and looked at them. They hand build these like ponds and then they, they raise it up and then it dries in the sun. And the people that work there have got white boots on and white overalls and wooden rake things and there's no machinery or oil or diesel anywhere near it. So this is from this company here. I'm just going to pop that out of the way. Um, and that's the salt we use in all our seasonings. There are three seasonings that I recommend everybody has. In your notes, I've told you, you don't have to make notes garlic and herb if you love garlic I try to cook I like, garlic's best cooked because the allicin which is must which is the natural antibiotic we've got a little bird coming to watch us uh, the allicin which is the natural antibiotic in it and the mustard oil mustard oil can upset your thyroid gland the allicin can upset your friendly bacteria in your stomach when you cook it garlic and onion go sweet because you're destroying the mustard oil and the allicin so it's not going to upset your thyroid gland which is part of your hormonal system, and it's not going to upset your friendly bacteria. So garlic's the one plant food that I recommend garlic and onions to eat cooked. So this has been dehydrated, in a sense, semi-cooked, the garlic in here. It gives everything that nice sort of, you know, it, I always say with la lazy people, lazy cooks use garlic, because you put garlic in anything, it tastes amazing. You just stink for days afterwards. I certainly do. I get those puffy eyes and my head feels all foggy. And I used to wonder why I used to have these days where I was like brain dead. And I used to think it was just sugar. But once I stopped the sugar, I still had these brain dead days. It can interfere with the thyroid function. And your thyroid controls mental clarity. And mental clarity is important. Otherwise, you can't think straight. Not everybody's affected by garlic. It's just some people like me and maybe a couple of other people. You try and put your rings on and your shoes on, your feet feel like they're swollen and your hands. 
Usually it's because you went out and you had something that was com- just smothered in garlic, okay? So in this way, it doesn't, this doesn't affect me like fresh garlic does, okay? So there's that, and it comes in a shaker bottle as well. But like this, it works out much cheaper. I'm all for buying in bulk if it's cheaper. There's the seasoning salt. Seasoning salt is like a bry salt. Everything we put in our containers is sealed like this. And I use it whenever there's mushrooms, spinach, cabbage. I use the seasoning salt. You can use it. Okay, so what you're just going to have to do is share from everybody else. Oh, you want to make some more? Okay. No, you can make a bit more, Fatty. You know how to make it. These kids all know how to make it. All right, and then we've got... The herb salt. The herb salt for me is the salt I use all day long, every day. I love it on anything. You can put it on a lettuce and turn it into a feast. It just gives it, lifts the flavor. The seasoning salt, as I said, specifically for things with mushrooms and spinach and cabbage. And that's listed on your notes, so you don't have to write it down. I've listed it for you, okay? In the shaker bottle or in the containers. For me, it just works out better in the kitchen using them like that. And, of course, it's easier. So I'm going to put that aside. I'm not going to use that. Some of the other things you're going to need. Polenta. I'm going to be making polenta today. I'm actually going to put it in here. Polenta is Italian milli meal. People are like, what do you do with that stuff? What is it? And we went to a restaurant once and I ordered polenta. I said, I'm having polenta and puttanesca sword. My friend said, what is that? I said, well, you'll see when it gets there. And then here the polenta comes with my puttanesca sauce. She leans over and she says, ach man, that's pap and sauce. <laughs> It's Italian mealy meal made from sweet corn mealies, okay? And it is very nutritious and it contains lots of beta carotene. I know I brought a wooden spoon here somewhere. Oh, you can see it, okay. Oh, oh they've got wooden spoons here. Oh, goody. I so knew they still got stickers on them. Um, Polenta to me tastes nicer and it's more versatile than milly meal. I can do more with it and I can, for example, polenta is great to keep because you can make chips out of it, you can make croutons out of it, you can make waffles out of it and you can make uh, casseroles out of it and pizzas. It can form the base of a gluten-free pizza and it's so easy to cook. All you have to remember is that it's an Italian food and being an Italian food, what do you know about Italian men? What do they like? Hugs and kisses. We're not going to the S-E-X word, okay? Hugs and kisses. They like to touch and feel. Italians love to touch and feel. I've got Italian friends, man. They just want to hug everybody, kiss everybody. And I'm like, I don't like other men coming into my space at all. And I usually, if they come too close to me, I'll step back. I've just always been like that. I'm one of these women who has no clue how to flirt as well. I'm just uncomfortable if you come into my space, okay? I've only known one man that's my husband, and I was... He's the only person that's been allowed in my space. Even my brothers, if we hug, it's like the sideways. They're like uncomfortable with the thing, you know. Even my grandsons now, when I hug them, they're like, they air kiss me. I'm like, what is it with you kids? You used to kiss me in my mouth when you were little, and now you're 14 or 12. You don't want to do this anymore. I, can, I, can, I kind of understand it because I didn't grow up kissing much. My husband had to teach me all that stuff. <laughs> he used to say to me, one day he said to me, we've been dating for about three months. Why don't you ever hold my hand? I said, I hold your hand all the time. He said, no, you don't. I hold your hand. You just hold your hand like it's a dead fish there. I'm like, Faith, you're going to have the same problem because she doesn't like this hugging, kissing stuff. So hold my hand. Yeah, no, dead fish, okay? You see there, she's not holding my hand. When you hold somebody's hand, you hold it. 
Yeah, my husband had to teach me that. I was just the dead fish, okay? So, I'm not comfortable with this physical thing, okay? So, polenta, you just got to stroke it. It likes to be touched, okay? It needs salt in here. Here's my little salt box. Yeah, here we go. using some salt in there. Polenta likes to be stroked. So every five or ten minutes you're going to give it a swirl. And then you're going to put the spoon down and then you're going to come back and you're going to give it a swirl. And you're going to... And it, I find it's nicest when it's been cooking for about 40 minutes to an hour. peas in faith oh the other thing I forgot to put the flax oil in, in the beginning I'm going to put it in the second batch so the second people are going to get a healthier batch I put flax oil in the morning because it gives you essential fatty acids omega-3s particularly and the kids all need it for their brains and the adults need it for their hormonal systems all the kids do as well so I put in I'm going to let it just keep going. We can put a little bit more water, um, juice in there at least. A bit thick. Put some more. A little bit more. Okay. One or two tablespoons. Can't taste it. Alright, you can see this is thickened already. Oops. I should have put the lid on, turned it down. You can see it's already start to thicken. So now I've actually put a little bit much in, but the great thing about polenta, you can add more polenta or add more water. So I'm gonna put the lid on. Where's my jug? A little bit more water. Okay. Have you enjoyed that? Okay, so what else is essential? Okay, legumes. I'm going to make the most amazing soup out of this, yes. Yes. Nothing. Does nothing. Evidence shows, all the research shows very clearly that refined sugar actually stabilizes blood sugar. And the reason it does that is because number one, it contains fructose. That's why I have a board here so I can show you. If this is where your blood sugar should be, let's say your level is somewhere around 4 to 8. 
eight being maximum, four being kind of minimum, okay? When you do things throughout the day, your blood sugar will drop. And you get hungry and irritable and tired and ratty and just maybe just thirsty and you'll go and drink something with sugar. It's got refined sugar in, it's going to jump up there. Your body's going to overproduce insulin, it's going to come down here. You're going to feel really tired and irritable here. And if you're like me, you might kill somebody. I never killed somebody, but I thought about it. Um, or you might rant and rave and trash the house, which is what I did do, which is exactly what my father did. And I thought it just had my father's temper. It's called reactive hyperglycemia. They diagnose you as being bipolar. Take out the alcohol and the refined sugar. My father drank alcohol. I drank refined sugar. Take it out, and you're suddenly you have wonderful blood sugar. But when this is going on, your brain, your central nervous system, and your immune system don't work properly. Okay, it's just that simple something will go wrong. If you're somebody who's got problems with your immune system and you're prone to coughs and colds and you get run down and you don't feel great, then um, you're going to find that when you have refined sugar or alcohol, you get, you get sick. You just feel like... And very often those are the people that end up with yuppie flu. They can't get out of bed. They feel paralyzed. It's like a long-term effect because you keep having antibiotics instead of sorting out this problem. The next thing that happens is that your brain and their central nervous system don't work properly and those people are like people like me. They may trash the house, be emotional, scream and shout at everybody, not concentrate, attention deficit disorder, and the, all of those systems are controlled by the hormonal system. The hormonal system, as we'll find out later on, controls everything in the body. So when this is going up and down, up and down, your hormonal system is going to go for a loop. You may have high blood pressure, low blood pressure, high blood sugar, low blood sugar. may have carrying extra weight, you may be underweight, you may not sleep properly, you may have low muscle tone, it goes on and on and on. We'll cover that later on, okay? So now we go and have fruit and we're told don't eat fruit because it's going to cause all kinds of problems. The only people that are sensitive to fruit are people who have already have blood sugar problems because their diet is out of balance, like diabetics or hyperglycemics. What's that strange noise? Sounds like I'm ringing in my ears, but it's not my ears. Yeah. So, so what happens is, when we crave sweet things, it's because nothing works in your body without glucose. Your brain and central nervous system and every cell in the body needs glucose to function properly. If you don't have glucose, your body won't function properly. So you'll end up craving things. Now, if you're on a low-carb diet or a no-fruit diet and you can't have anything with sugar, because everybody's like, take the sugar out. And now people take every amount of sugar and there's no glucose. So where are you going to get your glucose from? Now you've got to convert fat and protein into glucose, which is a hectic process. It's a very expensive process for the body. It actually... It's not here. You can end up with your kidneys not working properly. It's very common when you go on a no-carb no diet is that you could end up with kidney problems. But in fact, a very common side effect of going on a no-carb diet is diabetes because you're usually on the high-fat diet. And what happens is in the cells, you actually displace mitochondria and you start storing more lysosomes, which is the fat in the cells. And the higher the fat content goes in the cells, the more dangerous it becomes. And that's when you can develop diabetes, for example. You displace mitochondria. What does mitochondria do? They make all the energy in the body. So you end up stop making energy because you're now on a high-fat high diet because you've got to get carbs from somewhere. And you've got to be doing this conversion process. So end up, most people on a high-fat, high-protein diet feel better for the first six months to five years. 
But usually within 18 months to 5 years, most people have some serious health problems. Some of those problems initially can be constipation, uh, low energy levels, depression, and they can just literally get worse and worse. Is it somebody's car? What do you think of it? Okay. Alright. So, what happens when we put fresh fruit into the body? Fridge. Oh. <laughs> I should have guessed. I know that fridge does that. What happens when you put fresh fruit into your body? Firstly, it contains water-soluble fiber. Now, water-soluble fiber stabilizes blood sugar. Then the glucose it contains is fructose. If I took fructose out of vegetables, like I've done here, in a form of a fructose powder, this is not high fructose corn syrup. High fructose corn syrup is very different. It's like a man-made product, and it's the same, virtually the same structure as refined cane sugar, and that makes your blood sugar do this. But 100% pure fructose is stable on your blood sugar. Now, I've checked the science out on this. It's not hearsay. It's not the company that sold me this that told me this. I checked it out. And in the UK, that's why they'll use fructose for diabetics, because your blood sugar will go up and be stabilized from fructose powder. This is a refined product, and it's great. It's an essential product if you have sugar, people that love sugar in your family, and you want to remove the refined sugar because you don't want this to happen, you use this to sweeten things because it tastes virtually the same as sucrose. That it's sweeter. So you use about two-thirds. So if you were using three teaspoons of sugar, you'd use two teaspoons of, of this, okay? It's sweeter. So fructose is great for baking and stuff like that. It's not, there's no nutritional value. It's just pure carbohydrate, but it won't upset your blood sugar. And that's the only reason I tell people use this in your transition, your changeover. I use raw honey and then I have the vegans shouting at me because I'm using raw honey. I don't eat any animal products other than a bit of honey. But we have a beehive and the bees can go somewhere else if they don't like me taking a little bit of honey every now and again. And the bees where we get our bulk honey from is an organic natural process. They have lots of hives but they rotate. They don't, they're not robbing the bees. Bees live 30 days whether you take honey from them or not. They work themselves into a coma whether you take honey from them or not. They're called worker bees. They just walk and work themselves to a standstill. They literally kill themselves working, whether they're in a tree or in a hive. And they're free to leave the hive anytime. You're not being cruel to them at all. We don't smoke the bees. You could just wear a suit and you go to the beehive and they don't even do anything weird. They only do it when you're scared. And the first time we went to the hive, we were all a bit nervous, you see. And then they come onto the suit and they're like, you start getting like freaked out. But then you realize uh, the more you do that, the calmer you get. And the bees don't come anywhere near you. And there's actually movies on people harvesting honey or moving beehives. They'll actually move swarms with their hands. They pick these bunches of bees up and they walk off with them because they're totally calm because they've worked with them. There's one of a woman who's completely naked covered in bees from a swarm. She let them cover her and she's moving around. That's a bit weird. <laughs> Very weird, actually. And she's sort of doing this bee dance. Yeah, check it out on YouTube. <laughs> you don't see any of her body parts, but it's very new agey. All right, so what happens with fruit? Fruit contains water-soluble fiber. It contains fructose. And then it contains all the nutrients we need to use glucose in the body. Number one being B vitamins. Fruit's full of B vitamins. There's the one food you can eat in its raw natural state if it's ripe. An apple, you don't need to put salt on it or cook it. You just eat it. Pawpaw, you don't have to do anything to it. Banana, and make sure it's ripe. You can just eat it like that. Whereas most food, you can't just take rice. I can't just take polenta, which reminds me I need to stroke the Italian. Hey? All right. 
give it a stir. Faithy, if I forget, then you just give it a stir. Just don't let it splash out because it could burn you, okay? Just slowly give it a couple of stirs and then put the lid back on. So, when we have fresh fruit in our diet, what happens is your blood sugar comes up and then it just stabilizes beautifully, beautifully. But if you're somebody who's diabetic or hyperglycemic, your body's not processing even healthy sugar properly. So that's when I insist that you eat nuts or seeds out of it. So when you have a smoothie like that, you put nuts and seeds. Why? Because it's got protein and fat in it, which slows down the absorption of the glucose into your bloodstream. So it's much slower. So I did this exact same smoothie in Southern California in an area called San Clemente, which is in the hills, very pretty place, sort of northern Los Angeles, side, north of Los Angeles. Um, at Alice Mansurian, who is an Armenian-American. Just some interesting information. She's the hairdresser who does Charlene Tilton's hair to this day, who was... What was she in Dallas? What was her name? Lucy. Lu was Lucy? Yeah, Lucy. In, 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 in she was in a movie the other day. Mark and I watched it by mistake, where she played this, like, hillbilly wife, like a hag of a hillbilly, and Mark and I... Oh my word, that's Charlene Tilton. <laughs> She's like middle-aged. <laughs> oh my word, her hair, her hair looked great. Alice does a great job. <laughs> anyway, so we were at Alice's house and the woman said, sorry, I can't have any smoothie. I'm diabetic. Can't touch fruit at all. I said, I guarantee you that if you have some of the smoothie, that your blood sugar is going to be more stable, less than less stable. She said, no, I, I don't know. I'm nervous. I said, have you got your have you got something with you to raise your blood sugar or lower it if you need? She said, yes, I've got all my equipment and everything here. I said, okay, if you're brave enough, then I recommend that you have some. So she had like a little bit like this, and then she said, this is so delicious, I want some more, but I'm nervous. And I said, enjoy it. Listen to your body. An hour later, she goes and she takes, pricks her finger and takes her blood le sugar levels, and it's like perfectly at five. She says, my blood glucose before I came here was 7.2. I've never seen it do this after I've eaten. Like, not this quickly. I ju I just, I, it's just not possible. Now, a traditional thinking is blood sugar is going to go up. So if it was 7.2, you'd think we'd go to 9. That's what she was expecting it to go to 8. And she thought, okay, if it stays at 8, I'm okay. It went down to 5. Two hours later, she came to me. She said, my blood sugar is down to 4.7. I've never seen this. Then she started crying. I said, why are you crying? She said, I've not eaten fruit for the last 10 years and it's the one thing I really miss. She said, I can't believe that I've been missing out on all this amazing food. Now, I don't recommend for a diabetic or a hypoglycemic to go and eat a whole watermelon because it will rush into your blood sugar faster than it should because you're not processing glucose properly and it's easy to eat a whole watermelon. It's quite a lot of glucose. And you can get it. And usually your body tells you you're doing too much glucose. You'll get a sore stomach, Okay fruit sugar but honestly every single person she wasn't one person every person that we've, I've given the smoothie to that's tested their blood sugar their blood glucose has actually come down over the next two to three hours which normally you'd think say if it was chocolate it would go up but the glucose in fruit is stable on your blood sugar for all those reasons that I described to you okay you want to stroke our Italian again give it a couple of swirls there okay so what else is essential I always keep raisins and dates I'm going to be stuffing some apples for you, quick easy desserts I, didn't, I wasn't able to get nice ripe bananas and I don't like using green bananas so we're not going to do the banana dessert 
but it's basically the same system. You're slicing bananas, putting them in the oven with some cinnamon and honey, and you bake them, and they're absolutely just like toffee when it comes out. It's too delicious for words. It's so easy. I don't even need to do that for you, okay? Okay. Let's start clearing the table. Nuts and seeds, as I said. You need nuts and seeds. You need to have those. We're going to use these corn chips. It's always a quick, easy snack. What I like about these is they've been done in extra virgin coconut oil instead of bad, dirty oil. It costs a little bit more because normal chips are fried in oil, and you can fry five or six batches of chips in oil. So you're frying and then taking the chips out and frying, and then that's if you're good and you have a clean kitchen. My husband started the first Kentucky Fried Chicken in this country, and he did all the training needed to make the best chips in the world, and he did all the cleanliness and hygiene standards and um, he knows all about oil. You can go into most shops where they're frying chips for example and you'll see the oil will be black. It shouldn't even be brown, it should stay golden and you know that you've got certain, you normally test the oil with equipment to see when the fat is breaking down and that's how it's done but most people wait until it goes dark because they're trying to save money just keep using the stuff it's highly carcinogenic okay this has been fried in extra virgin coconut oil so it's great to keep for quick snacks when kids were looking for chips i initially didn't like the taste of corn chips they got a bit of a weird taste to me but they're made from mealies basically but it's got that mexican kind of corn flavor they are actually delicious and i now like them but i'm going to make um nachos with beans and we're going to bake it and instead of putting cheese on top we're going to put this cashew cream on and you're going to see how absolutely delicious it is how do you slow it down is it going too fast no just keep no it's fine just keep the lid on we can keep it slightly off like that Faithy. all right great thing to keep this is kind of you don't have to have that in your kitchen but raisins and dates are great snacks for quick snacks for eating and quick snacks for sweetening things. You can soak this overnight and turn it into a paste and make a jam. Healthy jam with no refined sugar in it, great. Date jam, raisin jam. You can call this grape jam and date jam. Popcorn's always great. Easy snack. Pop it in some coconut oil and you've got great popcorn. Uh, we make popcorn for our children here at the school. This is what they're getting tomorrow. Huge big bag of popcorn, okay? So it's made with coconut oil and we put our herb salt on it. We've got popcorns in the front of the shop. You can just copy them. We make a curry one, a chili one, an Italian one, and we do a pizza one, which has got tomato powder in it. Absolute must. This is non-GMO popcorn, by the way. Brown rice. Our brown rice is short grain brown rice. It's delicious. Raisin. Yes, in small quantities. Again, they're the same as fresh fruit, but they've got much less water in them. Fresh fruit has got about 80 to 90% water in it, depending on the fruit. This has got about 5 or 10%, so it's more concentrated. So one or two dates, see how you do. Better to have the baked apples with a couple of dates in the middle to try out, because diabetics and hyperglycemics, which usually what goes with hyperglycemia is the mood swings and the bipolar diagnosis, when you take the alcohol and the sugar away from both of those and you get the hormonal system working properly, you can tolerate this but it's better, but it takes time. I couldn't eat a lot of fruit initially because I get the sore stomach thing. 
But that's completely gone. But I also don't pig out on sugar like I used to because your cells get satisfied. They're getting the right kind of glucose and you stop craving sweet stuff. So instead of eating a box of mangoes, which is what I did in the beginning, I now eat one mango maybe once a week. It's too sweet for me, mangoes. Although frozen mangoes I can eat. I can eat them frozen straight out of that packet. It's very delicious. Okay. All right. We're going to put that away. We're not going to make popcorn right now. We're going to use those ones. I'm going to show you how to make uh, uh, baked beans and nachos and bean stuff. I'm going to use lentils. These are really easy. The red ones are quick and easy to cook, 15, 20 minutes. They've had the membrane on the outside taken off. These are the brown ones. This is when you want something to look and taste like meat, but they take about an hour to cook. You don't need to soak lentils overnight at all. You don't soak these, okay? You just cook them in water, 20 minutes, tells you on the packet or it tells you in the notes usually. So we're going to be using this one. You know what I do need from them is a nice colander, the stainless steel colander with the holes in. I've got to rinse it. Legumes need to, lentils need to be rinsed. Normally you would soak your beans overnight and then the water goes a bit frothy and you rinse that off until it stops frothing and then you cook it. Beans are not, people are scared. I was like, had this thing about lentils. I don't know what to do with them, so I'm not going to use them. And then I made some things and I'm like, why have, eating lentils to me are like the Sabbath. I just avoided stuff like this because I didn't understand it. So you just don't do it, you don't go there. It's not in our culture. If you're coming from a Cape Malay background or an Indian background or you lived in Durban and you're more exposed to Indian food, you'd know things like dal and you'd know things like like uh, and the Middle Eastern stuff, they make falafel, for example, with chickpeas in it. I mean, we think we're all so clever because we know what hummus is now. But I mean, 20 years ago, nobody knew what hummus was in this country because when we traveled and now we have TV and we've got food channels and people make this stuff, chickpeas. They, they're great to cook in big batches and to freeze like we've done here. You can use all of these things straight out of a can. You can buy the cans and you can use them like that. It's much more expensive to do that. It's not environmentally great because you've got all these cans you're producing. And you can make your own and freeze them in packets, which is what we do. Faithy, would you just like to get those beans that are in there? I just want to show everybody. We make big batches and we freeze them in like kilo, one and a half kilo packs. So we, we use them. They freeze beautifully. We've got red beans and we're going to need the white beans nana. So we'll... We'll take those back and leave the, the red ones. My favorite beans are black beans, and I'm going to make you a Californian chili out of that. All right, white beans, I'm going to make baked beans out of this, okay? Show you quickly how to make baked beans. Faithy, you want to put those ones back there, okay? These little beans make these beans here. It's basically bag for bag. The good thing about dried beans is they keep for absolute years and years and years and years. And they're the only food, lentils and beans, any legumes, anything that you can sprout. You can sprout these lentils, but you can't sprout these ones because the membrane was removed, remember? So these will sprout beautifully. Chickpeas can sprout. These beans can sprout. You don't sprout things that are in the shape of a bean. If it's like a kidney bean, you don't sprout those. They're not edible. They're not good to eat. But if there was nuclear fallout... The only foods you can eat are legumes because nuclear fallout does not affect them. It will affect the fruit, the vegetables, the meat, the milk, the cheese. Everything else will get affected except legumes. And the amazing thing about this is you can sprout it so you're going to get your fresh greens from that. So if you have an emergency cupboard and you've got... My mother's so funny. She's 80, she'll be 85 in December. 
and we had to move into a retirement home and I'm packing up and I'm like mom what are all these five litre bottles of water in your house she said that case is an emergency but they're like all over two here and two there and one here and I'm like okay my mother's good <laughs> she's got but she didn't have any lentils in her house so she was going to definitely have water and she's got torches in every room so I would have emergency supplies or legumes keep them experiment with them have fun with them you can make a lot of great things making homemade baked beans is so easy and they taste so much better okay so legumes are great for that I'm not going to be making any of those you can put them over there and I'm not going to make these ones either Faith okay if you're following a gluten free diet try and stay away from gluten most people have problems with gluten they don't realize it if you've got constipation if you have had or have bumps on the back of your arms if you have skin problems that's too dry or too oily hair that's too dry or oily, oily hair that's falling off your head you've got thinning hair brittle nails your body is cold all the time your hands and feet are cold all the time you have mental problems you think your head feels like it's full of cotton wool all the time that indicates that your hormonal system is not working like it should okay and the most common cause of that thyroid problem, the constipation, the dry skin, other than lack of omega-3s, which is what you find in the flax oil, is gluten. And so often people take gluten out of the diet. A lot of autoimmune diseases go like lupus, um, fibromyalgia, arthritis, even diabetes. Gluten shouldn't be in a diabetic's diet ever. You shouldn't have gluten in your diet. And people say, but what is it in gluten? Gluten is the protein found in wheat, rye, oats, and barley. Okay, so we've got gluten-free oats that are grown gluten-free all the way from Finland. But some people say they've got gluten-free oats because they packed it in a, in a warehouse where there's no wheat. Oats grow with gluten in them. Unless they've been specifically manipulated to grow without gluten in them, sorry, less than 20 parts per million. I had nuts and they got stuck in my teeth I'm one of those people that have these really close teeth and always get spinach and nuts in them so if you're looking at me and I've got a black spot I don't have a hole in my teeth just tell me Marianne you've got some stuff there I'm so used to being told that alright so with gluten we've got a couple of gluten free mixes you can make your own gluten you can go online and look at the combinations of flour yourself if you're looking for easy peasy there's a pizza mix. There's a beautiful bread mix. You'll see the bread out there at lunchtime. It looks like whole wheat bread, but it's made with chia seeds and brown rice flour. We literally take our brown rice and we grind the brown rice so we've got our own flour with it. We grind all of these flours, seeds and, and grains together that are gluten-free, and we do make a bread. And the mix is there. All you do is add water, lemon juice, some oil, three things. That's it. We need something tangy, some water, and oil that's it yeah so when you're not making bread for this all you need is water okay you just add water pizza mix you just add water and I can make some for you we just need to get a I don't, don't want to run out of time I've got the 50-50 mix you must say what on earth is that this is 50% brown rice and 50% this mix and the reason that I've done that is I like a crisper pizza base I like it crisper I don't like it as chewy so it makes it crisper now I've got the pizza mixes here I've done the bases you can get them in the freezer in the front I'm not trying to sell you stuff you can go and make your own stuff at home but this just makes it easier for you you get a pack of four 
and it's fr in the freezer. This I've taken out of the freezer, and we use it as a pizza base, and we put all kinds of things on top of that. So all I need is some baking sheets with some of those non-stick thingies on them. You know which baking sheets I want? The very nice, clean, flat silver ones. Tell Abigail I want the salad master ones. The same people that made the pots and the knives. Um, so you take the pizza bases, you can, you can make your own. You can just make a whole lot, pile them on top of each other. And that's actually the quickest way, but honestly, making them like this is so quick. It's just water and it's a sloppy mixture. It tells you the recipe on the back. It's, these gluten-free mixtures are always sloppy. They're not doughs. Don't try and make a doughy mixture. It's like a batter. It's not like a traditional bread dough mixture. So you're making a batter like a cake batter. It's, it drops off your spoon. As you hold your spoon off, it drops down off the spoon. It won't stick to the spoon. So we can make our pizzas. Where's my dish? That my lovely round dish. Mm. Yes. You put it onto um, a baking sheet, and it's best to bake with either baking. Um, membrane or uh, baking like a wax paper if you want to but for me the easiest stuff to use is like that silicone sheet you put on your baking um, tray and that way it doesn't stick at all and you're not using any oil and it just works you just literally pour it on you can make them square for the dining room we make them on the big sheets like this because we go through so much and we just slice them with the pizza and you'll see our pizza out there has got the cashew mayonnaise on top of it and it looks and tastes like cheese and people are like, there's got to be cheese on here. And it's not. So you'll see that I'll, I'll actually make one for you. Um, and we'll get to taste. I'll make a couple. Thank you. This, we just put these sheets in between to stop them sticking. Oh, actually, we don't really need that. Oh, yeah. Well, if I mixed it for you, we, you can get these baking sheets like this. You can buy them. They're non-stick. Put them on, spread it around. That's how you get them round. There's our secret. Alright, so I'm going to make two for you. Two for you. Have you got another one for me? Alright, so what? this is so easy, okay? Now, I buy tomato puree in big tins because we run a restaurant, okay? So you're probably not going to do that, but you can. And if you get tomato paste, don't panic about it. It's just more concentrated. This was actually tomato paste. We mixed water with it. Okay, so this is just tomatoes. There's nothing else in it. So I want to give it a little bit more flavor. So I always go when it's pizzas, I go for garlic and herb salt. So you're going to add some. This is a huge big dish. So I'm going to add probably about two or three teaspoons in there just to give it. So this is tomato puree. Now this tomato puree can be your base for tomato sauce, tomato soup. What do you do to get a better flavor? Very, very easy, okay? You want a better flavor in tomatoes? You want to give it a tomato sauce flavor? You want to give it a tomato soup? Anything with tomatoes in normally needs sugar in it. Otherwise, it needs some sugar in it. I buy Italian tomato puree. I'm trying to find the... You get it from a wholesaler, but it's Italian stuff. But when you go down to pick and pay or checkers, you'll find like pommy tomato puree, or it'll say Italian. But it's got to be—it's got to say on the back "made in Italy." It's the one thing I don't skimp on is tomato puree. If I buy local, and I'm not a local snob, I love buying local. 
But the tomato puree grown and produced locally is very, very sour. It's just like tangy and you're like, what if they... And you know what it is? The Italians, they use the Roma tomatoes, which are much sweeter, but they only pick the tomatoes when they're ripe. We pick tomatoes when they're green and then we let them ripen. When they ripen off the vine, their bricks contact, which is their sweetness, is very stays very low. When they ripen on the vine, the big bricks, which is the measurement of sweetness in fruit specifically, and tomatoes technically are fruit, is much higher. So then you don't have to add sweetening to it. And this is actually naturally sweet. It's delicious. I don't even need to add fructose. So normally if it's tangy, I would go and add some some um, fructose or honey to that. And if you want to be very, very natural, you can take an apple or three and blend them in your blender, make a paste and add that in there to sweeten it. Or you can take dates soaked overnight and it becomes a, like a, just a paste and you can sweeten it with that as well. But I'm always looking for quick and easy. Let's see if I've got enough. An hour. A little bit more. There's just there's a lot of herbs and spices in there that add to the body of that. So when you're putting it on something, you're not just getting pure salt. You're getting lots of plants in there, so you're getting nutrients. And I produced these initially just so that my husband Mark would stop pouring salt all over his food. He had high blood pressure. But we found out, and actually as we go along, I'll talk about it later on, that high blood pressure is not caused from too much salt. And there's no evidence to actually show that. It's a, it's a hormonal problem. Because you're... Um, Blood pressure is controlled by your adrenal glands, and your adrenal glands need rest, sunlight, exercise, natural fats, no caffeine. Big thing. We took the caffeine out of Mark's diet. He was he was a big coffee drinker. He grew up drinking tea. It was a, it was. He grew up with a grandmother, Scottish grandmother, who had a little ritual of tea parties. They made. She had beautiful china cups that looked like fairy cups in different colours and beautifully painted. And we probably all got a granny somewhere who had these beautiful tea cups. And she had beautiful teapots and strainers. And she um, she um, made. It was a special occasion. So for Mark, drinking tea was kind of connecting him to this part of his family. A big tea drinker. And then his mom was a big coffee drinker. I mean, they would open their eyes in the morning and have a cup of mug, mug of coffee next to them in the bed. We grew up in a family. We weren't allowed to drink tea or coffee till we were 13. My mother's parents raised her in the Karoo, and when you were born in the Karoo, no tea or coffee till you were 13. I think they were just pretty smart, and they figured out coffee makes kids crazy, Okay. So we weren't allowed it. It was a very different thing. But caffeine for me does the opposite to what it does to Mark. It pushes my blood pressure down and then I feel dizzy when I get up. And I'm So you've got low blood pressure, caffeine's bad for you, high blood pressure. It's all related to the hormonal system. Okay, so quick, let's go. Pizzas. Quick, you just so much. And then you can put anything on top of that. Anything and everything, okay? Anything and everything. Alright, so now we're going to put, you can even put a bit more. I'm not going right to the edge there. Faithy, you want to get us some of those slice, those mushrooms over there and slice them for us. Here we go. Let's get our little knives. And on a, when I'm slicing mushrooms, I'll use a straight knife, not the serrated. It makes the mushrooms go jaggedy and sort of dark. They oxidize quickly. Alright. So much to do. Alright, let's put those away. Thank you.
Okay, and onto that. Not all of them, just enough to sprinkle on top of that. You can put olives on, you can put baby marrows, you can put um, baby spinach, you can put fresh sliced tomatoes. What else do you like on a pizza, Faith? What do you like on pizza? Come on. Our pizza, what is your favorite on it? Do you eat the mushrooms on there? Do you prefer olives? What do you like? Don't ask me. Fresh basil you can put on. I'm going to show you this quickly as well. Top and tailing tomatoes. We throw it into the dustbin. Unless you have a compost heap, you're going to just throw the stuff away. But if you collect it in your freezer, which this was frozen, it's now thawed, you collect it and after a couple of weeks you take it out and you blend it in your blender jug, and what do you have? The basis for tomato puree, and then you just cook that. And you get your own tomato puree, and it's free, because you would have thrown it away. And if it's tangy South African tomatoes, then we'll add, which of these are locally local tomatoes, I'll probably add a bit of so I'll have it ready. Um, and I'll put a bit of garlic and herb salt into that. And then I'll just blend it all up together and I'll either use it or freeze it and use it for later on. another glass. Oh, here we go. Can you rinse it for me quickly? Okay, there you got it. You got tomato puree and you're going to think that doesn't look like tomato puree but as you cook it it goes darker and darker and darker and you can cook it for a couple of hours just put it on the stove let it just simmer away you got a base for a tomato I grew up in a generation that was taught waste not want not and it's so weird I used to watch Mark's grandmother collect every little piece of string in little bundles and keep them in this drawer and the backs of envelopes that came in the post she would cut them out and she'd keep those backs because there was nothing on them there was nothing writing and that would be her notepad and she'd have them with a bulldog clip and she'd make her grocery lists on there so they grew up out of the war and they learned to be sustainable now we come through all this waste and extravagance and buying stuff and now we're learning to be sustainable again where less is more but this is a 
great way. I'm going to cook this. It's the equivalent of probably end up with about a liter of tomato puree that you would have thrown away. And tomato puree is expensive. You know, if you look at what you're spending, it's going to cost you 15 to 30 rand, depending on what make you're buying. You think of it that you're throwing that away every week, maybe, or every month, and add it up over a year. If it's 30 bucks over a month, times 12 months, that's 360 rand over 10 years, 3,600 invested in compound interest. Who knows? You could be a millionaire in 50 years' time just from saving your tomato ends, okay? So let me put this into something else. Um, Actually, I've got a little pot right here. Where is it? Actually, yeah, I might add it too. All right. Let's go with cashews. You have to have cashews in your kitchen, okay? It's a great alternative to cheese. It makes a great milk. If I put this in a little bit with lots of water, I've got cashew milk. You can do the same with almonds. Almonds have that brown skin on it, so you get bits, so you just need to sieve it. But with cashews, you don't have to do that make sour cream out of this. You make mayonnaise out of it. You make anything. If you're more lemon you put in it, the more sour it is. So you can have it thick like cream or more like milk. You can make custard out of it. You take cashews and water and blend it together and with some fructose in it, a little bit of turmeric to make it more yellow. Or you can sweeten it with honey, put some vanilla in it and you cook it. And as you cook this cashew milk, this is the weird thing about cashews. They get thicker and thicker and thicker. It's a great thickening agent instead of using flour. And I learned this from an Indian recipe book. It said thicken with cashew nuts. They gave it another name. I forget its name now. But it's, it's a known thing in the Indian community to thicken things with cashew nuts. We are all discovering it now. People are making cheese out of it. I mean, they actually take it through the process of fermenting and they make proper cheeses out of cashew nuts. We're still working on that one seems like too much work and then when I taste the cashew nut cheese I just get weirded out it's kind of rubbery I get weirded out because I haven't eaten cheese for so long and it used to make so much snot and cause so much discomfort in my body inflammation that now even if I eat cheese made from nuts I'm like ooh, I can't I don't like the taste of it it's like weird but cashew nuts used for everything else so the basics of making a cashew for example, I'm going to pour this on top of the nachos, okay? And I've got the nachos going here, and I haven't started them yet. Polenta's going. Nachos are going here. Won't you go and ask Abigail for the black beans? Did she bring them yet? Black beans. I need a, a bowl, probably about about a litre or two litres or kilogram, a kilogram of them, okay? So I'll get that getting hot there and I'm going to put some leeks in there which I've chopped up over here. I use leeks because they're actually more comfortable on my digestive tract than onions and they give a more subtle flavour. Onion is a strong flavour. Funny thing is if I eat onions, uh, my body odour, I know you have the same. You can just you pick up body odor like this. You can actually smell the onion coming out of your body odor. I have no body odor when I'm vegan until I eat onion. And it's like, just comes out of all my pores. I'm like, oh my word. And something with vinegar in I can smell vinegar as well. Interesting. You don't really want to know all of that, I'm sure, but now you do. But maybe tell your husband, you smell like onion. Stop with the onions. 
Use leeks. They actually taste nicer and they're gentler on the body. We're going to cook them. And when you cook onions, leeks, garlic, they go sweet. The bite goes away from them. All right, I'm going to blend that up and I'm going to get some more water because it's not enough. The basis of a cashew cream or a cashew milk is just nuts and water. But now I want to make it so that it tastes cheesy on my sauces on top there. I'm going to add some, you can say mustard seeds or mustard powder. I prefer using the mustard seeds because mustard powder often has got wheat flour in it. So I'll put in, I'm going to make quite a lot because I'm going to use it for a couple of things. I'm going to need a lot more water than that, but I'm going to start blending in the meantime. and herb salt. Just to show you, it's kind of thick and creamy, or it's still kind of milky here, but it gets thick when you cook it. So you put it on and you think, this is weird. But what also makes it thick is lemon juice. So now we've squeezed some lemon, so you can use it like that. We pour it from that state. We pour it over our nachos, which as I said, we're going to make now. So I'm going to take some out for that. don't like cashew nuts, because I know Martine and I sometimes get body odor from cashew nuts. It's about the only things. You can use sunflower seeds. They're also a lot cheaper. But they don't thicken as nicely. So I like a combination of the two. So I'm going to show you the sunflower seed mayonnaise can be used cashews or sunflower seeds. I'm going to use both. Come stir here. Oh gosh, I forgot we actually need this cut.
see my big knife somewhere? My big knife. That one. Thank you. Alright, we're just going to taste that. It's quite thick and creamy. When I add lemon juice and olive oil, it's going to go even thicker. So I can use this like it is here. I'm going to use it on top of the nachos. Let's get these nachos out the way. Um, I'm giving you two bean recipes. I'm making the Californian chili bean. Because it's my favorite bean dish, and I prefer it in the nachos. They're both nice, okay? They're both delicious. So... I forgot we had to have these ones chopped thinly for that. Right. Good news about cooking here today, you're entitled to have lunch in the restaurant as well, but you're not going to go hungry in case you're seeing all these people around and thinking, oh my word, where are they going to have any food for us? You've got lots of food there, but you're going to get to eat here and there. So you will not eat supper. You won't need supper, believe me. on high. Can it go any higher? Just keep stirring. So what we did this morning is I didn't have any frozen, all my other beans I had frozen but I didn't have any black beans so I just threw them in a big bucket last night because I did lots because we'll freeze for the restaurant as well. This morning we just cooked them with some veg stock. You cook them for about an hour and then you add some veg stock and cook another 15 minutes. The thing, only thing about beans is they don't soften very quickly if you put the salt in up front. So rather kick your, cook your beans and your lentils until they are actually soft and then add your seasoning and cook it like that, okay? Um, otherwise you kind of cook and cook and cook the beans. They get soft, but they don't get... They can stay almost a little bit too firm. I like my beans when they're soft. I don't want a crunchy bean. It's so funny. Every time I cook beans, I think about this poor young girl who came to work here. She said she was a food technologist and she loved cooking. She was a food technologist and a chef. And she gave us all this... Lots of these courses that she'd gone and done and showed me all her certificates and... She really wants to be healthy and she's been following the natural way and she just thinks and I thought, oh, fine, you can have an interesting, you know, to come and do, come and work here and let's see. And it was, she was quite helpful because I could just give her a recipe and she would follow it and most times she got it right and I would have to adjust it and say you need a little bit more salt or a little bit less salt or add a little bit more cumin or something and she was very sweet and I don't think she'll ever live this down herself. I told her when we came back from California, I'd gone to a conference there, and they'd made, um, they had made um, uh, chocolate brownies um, 
gluten-free chocolate brownies with black beans in them. And I said to her, here's the recipe. I got the recipe from these guys. Take the recipe and off you go. It had the ingredients but didn't have the method. So I'm assuming she's a chef. She knows the method on how to make it. And it did have the method. It did have the method. But it didn't say anywhere that the beans had to be cooked. It just said so many cups of black beans. So she put it all in the blender together and blended it all together. And we had these brownies made with carob instead of cocoa. And I'm eating it and I'm like, what are these crunchy things in here? Like they were hard, like pieces of somebody's teeth. What are these crunchy things in here? And I was like, she looked at me and I opened it up and I said, my word, did you put raw beans in here? And she said, well, it didn't say to cook the beans. <laughs> and beans are great. You can hide them in lots of things. Sweet, savory, all over the place, okay? You can make traditional minced bolognese and stick beans in there and nobody, especially if it's black beans, it just looks like meat and it's got this kind of meaty, textury taste. I, for many years, tried to make the, the, the chili bean mix that was at Zinc Cafe. Couldn't get it right. Could not get this right, okay? At all. And um, it's almost there. Mark would say it's almost there. It irritates me when he says it's almost there. I want him to say it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it's not quite there. And I'd say, but even if he didn't, I would say, well, it's not quite there. I don't know why I'm rinsing this. It just has tomatoes in it. I'm going to use it. Um, oh, I'm going to make the chili pesto. All right. So we'd have, we'd literally get off the plane in Southern California, go straight to Zinc Cafe in Laguna Beach, and eat this little bowl of chili beans. They call beans. It was chili and the beans. They just call it chili. They give you a bowl of beans with sour cream and some uh, chives on top and a bread roll. They don't serve beans and rice like we traditionally will always put rice, okay? Well, they do. At some Mexican outlets they do. And then they put coriander and lime in it and it's too delicious. You just want to eat the rice. And uh, it's one of the recipes I give you in there to serve with this if you want to. I couldn't get it right. And then the last time we were there, we went to San Francisco to see Mark's niece and spend a couple of days with her. And on the way back, we stopped at this giant food store, which is like artichokes, or I mean, artichoke season. And we jumped out. We were going to buy artichokes. They didn't have an artichoke because it wasn't artichoke season. I thought it was a bit weird that they would have artichokes at that time of the year. But they had lots of other things, like bags and bags of beans. And I saw these black beans, and I thought, black beans. I've never seen black beans. I've seen every other color, but I haven't ever eaten them. So I went home, I soaked them, and I cooked them, and I made the chili dish. And I said, Mark, Mark said to me, you got it. This is the recipe. This is better than Zinc Cafe. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> so now I just love these things. So we, when we got back here, we found the bean importer, and we said, can you get us black beans? And they said, yes, we'll get it with the next shipment. Now you can get black beans here. I don't know, maybe you've been able to get it. Alright, so what we're going to do is we've got red peppers in there, we've got the leeks in there, and I'm just going to add some tomato puree in there. Oh, I'm going to add the beans, actually. No, 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 no. Yes, 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 yes. Tomato puree. Sorry, you're listening to me breathe. <gasps> 
okay we can just do but now normal chili has chili in it so what are we going to do just some you're wondering where the chilies are going to go I'm going to make tomato I mean chili pesto where is my little dish with the chilies in it yeah alright I tasted these beforehand. The seeds are quite warm, but let's put in five, three to five, okay? That one's going pink. I prefer the red chilies when they're red, and they, you don't often get them red, and when I do, I like buy them, and we freeze a whole lot of it. Um, garlic and herb salt. The recipe's there. This is one of the things you must have in your house. Must, must, must have. Just so easy. It freezes beautifully. You can add it to anything. Cumin, it's got to have cumin. Coriander. Red pepper. Bit more coriander. That looks right. And now it needs some olive oil. Extra virgin olive oil. There we go. One of the things you need to have in your house, extra virgin olive oil. Try and use it sparingly. Don't drown your food in it. Too much oil, even from a good source, gets stored in your cells. You don't want to drive those mitochondria out. That's what gives you energy, okay? So you want to keep it there. You may be wondering what I've got muesli here. If you're looking for cereals, rather go for homemade muesli. This is a baked muesli. This is a gluten-free one with coconut in it. This is puffed brown rice. Rice Krispies, the actual Rice crispy thing, it's got sugar in it. If you're trying to avoid sugar, you're not going to. The kids love this. What milk do we use? Cashew milk, almond milk. The quickest is banana milk. Bananas and water blended together and pour it over this with some honey. My youngest granddaughter only likes fructose. Do you also only like the fructose or do you like honey in this? They're here. If you want to taste them, you're welcome to open, the, open them. There's anything here you can open and taste, okay? I think I need more beans in there. Alright, I haven't put much seasoning in. I'm going to adjust it because a couple of things have got garlic and herb salt in it. So I'm going to make the chili here. And then you keep this in a dish in, the t in a Tupperware container or you freeze it in ice cubes. And you can literally take an ice cube out and throw it into anything that needs some chili. And you can add four ice cubes or one ice cube. Depends on how hot people like things, okay? So I'm going to leave it out so you can add it and put some in there just until we've got a subtle taste. Oh, we need olive oil. That would help. I don't use macadamia nut oil at all. It's very heavy in, and very high in omega-6s. Um, I find it goes rancid really quickly. It oxidizes so quickly. And the minute oil goes rancid, it's not good for you. It'll repeat after you. So it's, you know, if it was freshly squeezed and, and I had it, I wouldn't sort of be too concerned. But uh, macadamia oil is not an oil that's been used by humans for any consistent period of time. It's a, it's a recent thing. Whereas olive oil has been around for thousands of years. And we know the Mediterranean diets have had it in. So we've got 
a huge body of evidence that olive oil used sparingly is very health giving macadamia oil is another thing altogether in the, even the macadamia nuts people say why don't you stock it because if they're not if they just don't have shelf life i get them on the shelf and it's like a month they're gone and i'm sitting with 100 kilograms of the stuff because you're buying nuts we can't buy them in small quantities it becomes too expensive so i keep trying to keep making because i love macadamias i make a really nice macadamia nut fudge i don't know if you've tasted that one with the carob and honey it's too delicious it's in one of my old recipe books which is no longer in print i've got some stock sitting in america and i'm hoping that some friends will bring it back to me because it's it's out of print we can't do we, the formats too old fashioned i'm going to i'm going to pulse not enough olive oil sorry it looked a lot higher at first there we go you pulse when you want something to be have little pieces in it and still see it but you can just go on high speed and make it smooth and very often that's what they do in the kitchen You know, sometimes people think life's too short to pulse things. It's just on button and off button. All right. Let's see what that's like. on the taste Hmm It's actually delicious just like it is and hot enough too <laughs> It's not too hot actually Pardon I'm going to put it into that mix now and some oil Oh uh, no no once I've taken it out and put it I don't want to I don't want to put the olive oil and lemon juice in until I've poured it on top of that to make the nachos. Now normally I would put this in a baking dish and pop it in the oven and get it to brown beautifully, but I know that oven's really busy. And I've got an it's like an electric frying pan, but it's a salad master version. So I'm going to pour the um stuff on top, the cashew milk mixture. And I'm going to stick the chips in it and bake it and it'll set it just went brown as beautifully so um, apologies that it doesn't look beautifully brown but at home just pop it in an oven so this is basically what we do okay that's beautifully mixed do you want to taste faithy to see what you've made this is a clean spoon i know you eat a bit of chili it's too hot you sure enough salt Anything missing? <laughs> yes. No, dry stir fry always. I'm always trying to leave the oil out. When you heat oil, you actually alter. You alter the oil. You you change the structure of it. Sorry, let me just take this down to there. 
uh, you alter the structure and I don't want to do that because you can't digest it very well right down to 85 try and cook this is quite nice tells you what the temperature is and we just chopped, pop some chips in there normally when you do it in the oven they go crisper and they go brown Faith you can do that and then when you finish their faith, just pop this lid on top. But if that's too low, we may have to put this one. Let's just see. No, that one will be fine. You pop them all over. It looks beautiful. You can stand up and look if you want to. Have a look there. Alright, what are we going to do with polenta? I've got a tray here. Yeah, put some more. Stick some more in and pop the lid on top. You'll see that the, the cheese will set. But as I said, when you bake it, it goes golden brown. It's not going to do that here. They might in this dish. So I'm a little bit concerned, but I'm going to leave you some crunchy ones. So I'm putting the lid with the hole in it. So hopefully it'll come out. But it's a spectacular dish. Everybody gets very impressed by it. Okay. We're going to put some of this on top and then we're going to put ava on it. Sorry? Yes, good idea. You can go and pop this into the, uh, into the oven for us, Faye. Pass them, pass them around. Take the packet and pass on. There you go. Take it and pass on. And Faith, can you take these and pop them into the oven for me? Shall we put a little bit of fresh basil or shall we put... So we've just put some of that cashew mixture on top of this. We're going to pop it into the oven. It's nothing fancy. We've really done very little. Okay, ask Abigail to take it out when it's ready. Alright. Lid back on. Lemon juice and olive oil to give it tanginess. Olive oil, I mean lemon juice.
Okay. Katie, I need a little dish to put the mayo in. Let's see if we've got one here. There we go. Alright. We're going to go and we don't need this for anything else. Let's see now. Polenta. This polenta is basically finished. You can make it a bit runnier than this if you want to. And the whole idea of blending the polenta and stirring it like this is that it gets stickier and stickier. So when you pour it out, it keeps its shape nicely. So it can be a little bit more fluid than this. I'm going to pour it out. Put on a tray or you can put it straight onto the countertop, which this countertop is clean. Spread that round there for me, Faith. Uh, let me get some olive oil. Show you what the Italians do. They either have a marble slab or they have a huge, big, old kitchen table and they just do this. Okay. Okay. Pass me that spoon a sec. I've really been a bit extravagant with the oil, but I'm in an expansive mood. And I'm doing what my domestic science teacher, Mrs. Wilson, told me, never stand with your back to the audience. Probably because, especially not in a school, because they'll be pulling faces at you. <laughs> Uh, the ones that are made the, the nachos these are made from the corn there's two polentas on the shelf one is a local one and it's ground organic corn that's grown up in near Lesotho and that's what those are made from um, but it's, it's a grittier this is a smoother softer uh, taste and texture I'm just going to take some of this off here put it on here It's about a centimetre thick, that's what you're looking for. Otherwise it's too thick. So it wasn't that much oil. Alright, just try and square it off so we can get... Okay. Alright, now when it's cooled down, you can cut it into squares the size of a slice of bread, stack them on top of each other and stick them in your fridge and pull them out and pop them in your toaster and have polenta toast with honey and cinnamon on them or with avocado on it and chili pesto. You can cut them into tiny cubes, either pop them in the oven and roast them or put them into coconut oil and get them crisp and crunchy and make gluten-free croutons to sprinkle on top of a salad. Or what we do with a school <coughs> and in the restaurant, we, the kids love them. A lot of the kids don't want to eat polenta, but they will eat polenta chips. You cut them into chip shapes like fingers. When it's set, it keeps its shape. 
and you just pop them in the oven with coconut oil all over them and roast them and they just go crispy on the outside and they're soft on the inside and you serve it with a homemade tomato sauce that you can just dip your it's just like that tomato puree there you can literally just put that in a bowl and let the kids dip, dip it into there because this looks like tomato sauce <coughs> you could make it sweeter and add a little bit of lemon juice or apple cider vinegar to give it a bit of a tang and then it's like proper tomato sauce because proper tomato sauce is quite tangy Okay, so I'm going to let that cool down and then we can make some shapes. If it's cool enough, we'll bake it in the oven. What else have I, have I got here that's got... I've got to do a chili pesto. <coughs> Oops. Faithy, just get me another one of those plastic glasses and I'll just... The red ones here. Oh, here we go. Here, I've got one. It's just the overflow here. I'm going to quickly make some hummus. Most of you probably know. How many of you make hummus at home? Okay, I'm going to make some hummus. Very easy. It's another essential thing because kids love this. It's very nutritious. You got the tahini, hey? Yes, there. Here it is, yeah. <coughs> Peanut butter is another essential. Make your own or buy only a 100% pure one. We put a little bit of flax oil in here, tiny little bit of honey. I'm going to open this up and you can just taste it. And flax, Will you get us a packet of flax crackers, please? And we'll put it on, the, on a plate here and then they can taste that. <coughs> Peanut butter and rice cakes. Your kids are hungry. You're irritable. Rice cakes and peanut butter. Even my husband loves this peanut butter. He just sit, everybody will just sit and su- it's like a Sunday night supper. You get home tonight, you say, I'm not hungry, you're having peanut butter. <laughs> Rice cakes or polenta. You can put peanut butter on polenta. You can put peanut butter on anything these days. Um, peanut butter and chili is nice. We actually make a peanut butter chili mixture. Peanut butter and honey. So you can just break the flax crackers up a little bit in the packet and then pop them there. That's my best. It's flax crackers because I like a crunchiness to it. So I normally like a crunchy peanut butter, but it's not that easy to make it. We don't have equipment at all. That's fantastic. Thank you. She's such a, she's, she's a, you're a great assistant. You think ahead. She's squeezing the lemon juice out and I'm saying, just throw the seeds into this um, compost bin. She says, no, I'm going to save them for my mom. You know she plants lemon trees. And I'm like, oh, I completely forgot. My daughter's like, save all the pips of everything, mom. And I like forget, and then as I throw the avocado pip in the garden, I'm like, I should have kept that for Melissa. But Faith remembered. Right, I'm not washing this because a bit of chili and hummus is actually very nice, and I'm trying to just speed up the process. This would be the equivalent of about a can or two cups. Remember, I froze them. You might wonder what these little bits and pieces are. That's our veg stock, okay? Must have in the house a good quality veg stock, okay? This is actual vegetables. Some of the vegetables are grown in our garden. We dehydrate them like the carrots. We buy dehydrated veggies we can get, but like the carrots and the rosemary and a couple of other things are, are dried. And we put that, you just use it in everything. You can have this. The soup that I make is, we're going to have time for soup. We can actually make it. I don't think we're going to have time. I'm not going to make the soup. I'm just going to cook this in the meantime. Won't you get me the lid for this, please, Faithy? And I'll tell you why. Because there's lentil soup out there for lunch. Not the same one, the brown lentil soup with the cumin in it. But it's delicious. 
This other soup is so quick and easy, you don't actually have to see me making it. But I just want to show you how quick and easy this is. This lady's like, I can't wait for this. You're talking about it like it's so delicious. I ain't waiting. Do you want to get side plates for everybody outside there? What are you looking for? Oh, the lid of the pot. Here it is, right here. Got it. Alright. Chili. Mayo. You keep this up. Look at this mayo, how thick it's got. You keep this stuff in your freezer, in your fridge, and you pop it out with a hummus. Those are the three basics. The chili lovers, the mayo lovers, and those that like something in between. And you put this out, and you put some raw veggies with it, and you say, supper's not ready yet, I thought you might be hungry. This makes it so easy. And honestly, it looks like I'm making a huge, but I'm trying to make a huge amount of food in a really small, you wouldn't do all of this. But this you could make on the weekend. It's in the fridge or the freezer, you just take it out, raw veggies out. You don't have to make a salad. Cucumber and carrots is all they need. Dip it in. When you're ready, and when you finish that, we're going to eat. All right, hummus has got chickpeas in it. It needs some water in it. The hummus. If it's in the fridge, one to two weeks, depending on how long you let it stay how hot it is. If it's a hot day and you're letting it stand outside on the table in the veranda and the flies come by and everybody's sticking things in there, especially when they double dip. You know, double dipping is such an American term. But it's taking a bite and sticking it back in. So everybody's putting their bacteria in there. So it's probably going to last a week. But if it's not very hot, it's probably going to last two weeks. And that's why I recommend making quite a bit because to make it every day although they're quick and easy you can make them quick and easy but you can make a batch and freeze them and you'll see in our freezer we freeze them in those little tubs so you can buy them frozen or otherwise just go home it's so much cheaper and easier freeze a batch stick a whole lot of little containers I take those frozen containers to my mom and she has not chili she won't eat the chili but the mayo and the hummus um, and sometimes red pepper mayo Basil pesto my mother loves. I'm going to try and get you some of that. Did I put some of this in yet? Garlic and herb salt again. Cumin again. Very. You can see these ingredients keep getting used over and over. And I blended these different mixtures so that I didn't have to keep having 11 different herbs and spices. They were all just blended together. So there's this basic theme that runs in cooking that's so easy when you've got that. What else goes in there? Quick. Tahini. Tahini. sesame seed paste. We make it ourselves. We lightly roast the sesame seeds and we grind them up like this. And this is one of the main ingredients of tahini. Chickpeas and I mean of hummus. Chickpeas and tahini. Very high in protein, very high in calcium, good source of essential fatty acids, very stable fats in here. They don't oxidize easily. So I'm going to add some of that. And it, it thickens. Watch.
more lemon juice. the bowl. <laughs> Alright. When you make tahini initially it's not that thick but as it stands it gets thicker and thicker. Remember this has got a little bit of chili in it so it's got a slight bit of heat to it. We can top that up. Okay. We need some carrots and some and a cucumber, so we can dip things into it. There, if you can get that out for me, please. What have we got going here? All right, how's our nachos going? Okay, just wash that quick there, Fred. If you can wash that, then we can slide. Yes. You don't have to use sprouted chickpeas. I don't know how that got into the recipe, and I thought I read it. <laughs> you can soak them overnight and use it. Um, sorry, I'm just looking for uh, Abigail. Can you pop that on the table over there? Look at our pizzas quickly. Thank you. You can see it's actually set very nicely. Oh, I know what I have to do. Avocados. Avocados, avocados, avocados. On the table somewhere. Really a big mess here, hey? Alright. Avocado. You must put avocado. You don't have to. But it's very delicious putting this on top of on top of a pizza. It gives it more body and more creaminess. And then you don't miss the you don't miss the miss the cheese that much. Who doesn't eat ever? Everybody, pass me another avocado. Oh, here I've got the other half here. And literally, we've used one avocado for both these pizzas, so it's not like you're using lots. Sadly, we're moving out of avo season. It's winter. Uh, it's a winter fruit. 
So the price goes up an awful lot come summer. Yes, you can. Thanks for. There we go. We'll have it later. You and I can eat it. My mother used to say, "What need dirt mark? Need mark fat, ne?" Faithy, just put it uh, here. Carrots, so they will do some carrots. You know how to do them for school, you do them all day. Hey, right, keep going. Okay, we've got our tomato cooking, and I'm just going to simmer it. And by the end of this, you'll be able to see we'll have tomato puree. What raw have we got? Alright. One of the things that we learn on the natural way and what I've been teaching people for many years is to always eat raw food before cooked food. We have a school here of about 55 children and one of the things that they do is we serve them lunch and they have raw food before they cooked food. And their raw food is exactly what Faith's doing now. Every child has learned to chop in their cooking classes. Celery, celery, carrots, cucumber. In the beginning they would only eat carrots and cucumber. And then we found a way they would eat cucumber celery. People peanut butter out. But we only allowed to have peanut butter if you ate celery. <laughs> Suddenly everybody eats celery. So it's interesting. We've got them to eat more and more things. So we put out, sometimes we put out hummus. They love corn. Frozen corn just thawed with a bit of olive oil and herb salt. That's it. They can't get enough of it. They just, some kids want it for first course and second course. And we got to like say, you need a little bit more variety in your diet. But they go mad for corn. We do corn and peas and they help themselves. And the the corn they love twice as much as they love peas. Just frozen and thawed. That's it. In a bowl. Just a little raw. Just that's it. In a bowl. A little bit of olive oil. A little bit of herb salt. In a bowl. And they sit. Babies sit and they pick those peas up and they eat them. They love them. Corn. Just they eat the kernels on, it, on its own. It's fascinating to watch. Um, you can put out olives. It's a great thing. Depends on your budget. I'm trying to keep to you know, keeping your budget because managing a family these days is hectic. It's just like everything goes up except your income. So every time you fill up your car, they're like, how can they put the price of fuel up when it was the price of oil's dropped and the rand is strengthened? They do that every now and again. They'll put it up even though the rand is strengthened and the fuel price has not gone up. No, 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 we need more road 
insurance. Actually, we need more money for Nkandla. <laughs> we now have to renovate. They built it how long ago? What is it, like 10 years old or something, that place? And now we've got to renovate it. And the renovations are going to cost $23 million. I'm like, what are these people? Where did they come from? All right, we're not talking politics. Okay. So... All right. Faithy, we need to just move this stuff away. What, oh, I was going to make baked beans. There's so many things. I don't have enough time. All right. Hummus. We've got lots of this. We can top up with that. Let's move all of this away. Would you like to start snacking? But we're going to have... Do you want a snack or do you want me to finish talking about hormones. Do you want to snack a bit and then go to the loo, drink something, come back and we'll talk? Do you want to do that? Cool. All right, I'm going to cut stuff and I'm going to keep making stuff and then we'll talk afterwards, okay? Yes, they, oh, they, no, they don't freeze great. They're great in the fridge. Yeah, and they're great with honey and cinnamon like a waffle. You, you, you can put them on a tray in the oven and just grill them. And you do the same as a pizza base. Exactly what I've done there, and you use this as a pizza base. So we can put it in big pieces like this. I'm going to just cut them into cubes. So you can all just take a cube or two and put some sauce on it. You've got just let me get a knife. Get need some forks and knives in here. Let me grab over here. Okay, put it there. Good idea. Good idea, brain. There's more than enough for you to have at least two pieces each. What you may want to do is have a savory one first, honey and cinnamon one. I'm going to put the honey and cinnamon in front there, so you can. Dessert. I'm going to stuff the apples in the meantime. Here they are, cored. Just put dates and raisins and honey and cinnamon in the oven. And that should be ready when we are finished talking, okay? Uh, on hormones. Uh, Lou's down there. Um, honey and cinnamon are here somewhere. You can also put fructose on it. Some people don't like the honey. Faithy, I did see a honey jar here somewhere. All right, we'll go and have a look. And I know we have cinnamon here. Ta-da! 